How is it going, bitches, bros, and non-binary hoes? It is Eat Sleep Elite back at it again with another episode of your favorite weekly AW review and breakdown. Here with my boy Charlie. How are you today, my good brother, 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 brother? Any day that we can come onto the show and talk about how Commander is all elite, and holy shit, we had some Lucha Libre this week in AEW. Absolutely. This was, this was, I, I, I think I wrote Lucha Madness about 10 times in my notes. Um, yeah, so definitely the week of the Lucha. Um, I really hope this is like the burgeoning relationship between AAA and, and, uh, ROH and, uh, AEW being really, really tight and not like adversarial, like it has been in the past when they were working with CMLL and stuff like that. Um, I really hope that we can get like permanent stays for guys like obviously we have Commander now, but I would love to get a signing out of El Hio de Waikingo at some point when when maybe like say he drops their title finally or something he can actually fully yeah. commit to AEW for a bit, you know, kind of like how with Kanosuke with the the KOD Open Weight Championship, you know, um, not that he had it when cool he came to, to AEW, man, but like, sure. yeah, but it was clearly that that's what they waited for was his run in what was that twenty twenty one to end basically before he really committed to to AEW in twenty twenty two, you know. Like, so, you know, like, I might be misremembering, but I know he was KOD Openweight Championship, like, once or twice in that two-year period. So, um, the point is, um, obviously, you know, I would love to see that guy. Various others, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about all three of the, uh, both of the guys we just mentioned, our favorites momentarily, which we will get to. But before we get to our favorites in the beginning of the show, there are a few orders of business I got to take care of at the top of this show. The first being whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on this on, but excuse me, whatever you happen to be listening to this on podcast platform wise, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, whichever of the podcast platforms that we are on that you uh, are, are a fan of us on, uh, make sure you follow and or subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you know if this is the first time you guys have uh, ever you know, listened to this uh, podcast, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E on Twitter. And Charlie's at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. Also, don't Hello, forget to follow. What have we here? Don't forget to follow. Thanks, Lando. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that, Lando. Um, the don't forget to follow the podcast as well on uh, you know, on Twitter at Eat Sleep Elite. And you know we like to tweet at back and forth to people. You know, if you have questions, we might start a mailbag segment. I mean, we have started a mailbag segment, but we really haven't gotten a lot submitted to it yet. So, um, you know, if you want to submit some questions there, you can always do that as well. Make sure you leave us that five straw, five star frog splash review and all that. So on and so forth memes and goodness. And Charlie, it's your week this week. So go yeah. ahead and get us started with the favorites and get us started with that Lucha Madness with Commander. Absolutely. And again, Commander is all elite and we started the week off right. A little later in the show today, uh, during our new segment, we're going to be covering some Ring of Honor, which we'll be talking some more Lucha Libre there, as well as our all-in London fantasy booking. We're about a good, uh, what, three, four months out from, from about today? A little less than four months, so, you know, we might as well soak in, and, you know, we might be 12 for 12, or we might be 0 for 12. That's the fun of all of this, right? So keep an eye out for that. So, yeah, we did our Double or Nothing fantasy book like 12 weeks out or something, didn't we? Like... Exactly. So... It's all fun, and yeah, so look forward to that. But as always, like you said, we kick things off with the favorites. I had Jay White face taking on Commander. So, Switchblade Jay White's Dynamite debut, and I thought Commander looked really good here. And here's the thing. This is kind of, you could almost say, having these two guys in the match together like they did is, is almost a shift in some focus for the company. I think going forward, we're going to see a lot more pairings of two people, whether, you know, because because is Collision and Dynamite like we, we're still going to be finding that out more and more. And we will in a couple of weeks have a fun little video of uh, 
when the, the WWE draft is around, we'll do the AEW draft, Dynamite versus Collision. So you guys will have to stick in for that. That'll be some fun stuff. But yeah, I mean that I felt like we had a fresh vibe with this match. Do, do you get what I'm saying with that? Like, oh, a hundred percent. Like when I first saw this here. match announced, I was like, oh, that's two guys. One that's already just been signed recently, and one that's potentially, I think, on the verge of being signed. I remember saying to you, like, yeah. literally, like last week or two weeks ago on the pod, they should, if they can get Commander, they should get him. You know what I mean? Yep. Even and if it's not like a full capacity with, uh... contract, just like limited. If he's still working with AAA, like we've had guys that have worked like that before. I mean, that's basically how the Lucha Bros started, right? Like you know, for yeah. the most part. As like... far as I know, I think they're still like fully signed with. AAA, oh yeah, no, they're so... still Lucha or sorry, yeah, uh, AAA worldwide. I'm, I'm saying like obviously they primarily wrestle in AEW, and I think Commander really cool. could roll into a similar slot like that where they use him at all the AAA events, but he's also working weekly on on AEW. You know. And as we're going to see, they're they're starting to fill more and more out with the AEW roster and the Ring of Honor roster. So um, during this match, we get a lot of shots of Sean Spears in the crowd. kind of, And he had some funny little moments holding up the 10. And uh, I mean, I'm guessing here, maybe Ricky Starks and Sean Spears maybe team up a little bit. Maybe we go individual singles matches. You know, with Andretti, I think I would have thought Andretti, but since Andretti's clearly, they needed him to do something on Ring of Honor right now. Yep. They, you know, they obviously, so now it's, they're using it's... their resources well, I think. So, long story short here, um, Commander got all of his shit in. Like, he hit all of his rope stuff, and it was really exciting stuff. The crowd popped, like, popped their asses off. And I gotta tell you, Jay White sold his ass off for the guy. And when it, t- when it came time for Commander to sell Jay White stuff, he sold his ass off for him. Uh, let's let's head towards the end of the match here, where Commander ended up doing a rope walk, shooting star press, followed by a springboard phoenix splash, and that got a really another that got a really close near fall. The Commander then tries to wrench at the arm of Jay White, who countered that into a cutthroat suplex, followed by a blade runner to get the win. It was nicely, it was a beautiful pace of a match. I mean, we we talk about you know Jay White. I, I think of. I can't even tell you how many singles matches I've seen from the guy, and they never seem to be short. So when when it came time for him to been a, get on TV, I'm like, you know, we're gonna see like sub ten minute Jay White matches, and that's something I'm not used to. And lo and behold, I think he crushed it for what he did. Uh, he didn't do most of the offense in this, but I think when you're wrestling Commander, it's like wrestling Vikingo in a sense where you're most of the match is going to be them getting the big stuff in and you countering it more or less. So I thought it worked for what it did. Post-match, Robinson dragged Spears over the barricade. He and White started a beatdown before Ricky Starks hit the ring. Robinson was dropped with a spear as White bailed with Bullet Club gold retreating. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with this pairing. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, Juice screaming, Ricky! I mean, Juice has already had so many great moments. I hate misery. This, I, I, I'm so glad that we're starting to see more of Juice Robinson on TV because... At first, like, month or two, we were like, you know, Juice is signed, but what's he doing? You know, we had the match with Darby. Oh, yeah, I remember being like, we were like, what's he doing? I keep hearing stuff about this guy, and, like, just Tony, I guess, just didn't have the confidence yet, which is weird, because he signed him, like, he just picked him up out of nowhere. Like, it was like, I feel like, I feel like um, Juice was one of those signings they just pulled out of their ass. Like, it was like, yeah, we got Juice, you know? Like, I'm assuming he wanted to work in the same company as his, his girlfriend, you know what I mean? But, like, I mean, you know, like, at the same time, or I don't, yeah, I think they're, I don't think they're married, you know, like um like you know so but at the same time that's not always something that matters so it might just be that they wanted him so i and then they weren't using him so now he now he finds himself in a prime position going forward and i think we'll be talking about those guys a little bit when we talk about some all-in fantasy booking but before we get to that what did you think of this match and what was your favorite uh yeah so um 
Uh, but okay, the cat's being the freak. Hello, could you stop? Hello, hey, hey, kitty, hey. All right, I guess she's just gonna be an asshole. All right, there she stopped. Right. Um. So, all right, that was fun. To play. <laughs> she was scratching at the door like shit. All right. Anyway. Um. So yeah. Uh. Just to, um. <clears throat> to speak about that match. Uh. There was a really insane spot with uh commander just flipping, springing off the ropes like forty times in a row, and my brain just didn't even understand what happened. Like he was just flipping all over the ropes and jumping and, and bouncing. And, like I just man was doing crazy shit. Uh, really high quality match. Like you said, JY sold his ass off, which I didn't necessarily expect because it was his first match on Dynamite. You kind of want to make an impression, but you know he's he's smart enough to know that this match is going to be good enough. I'm going to get over with the crowd regardless. Plus, this crowd already loves me. I'm a I'm an AEW type of guy, even if I wasn't necessarily in everybody's mind going here necessarily for sure. Yeah. That now that he's there, it just feels like good for him. Yeah, like they're they were waiting for this guy because we didn't think we were going to get him. So you know it's. Absolutely, but um, yeah, the match I was really feeling this week. We're gonna jump all the way to the end of Dynamite this week, um, or is it the end of uh Rampage? Yeah, we're jumping all the way from the like the middle of Dynamite to the end of Rampage here for El Hijo del Vikingo versus Drillistico, um, for the AAA Mega Championship. Which shoutouts to Drillistico getting a AAA Mega Title match. You know what I mean? Like shit, you know, um, I. Not something I would have, when I when we first saw Drillistico Charlie, not something I would have anticipated. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but I Agreed. wouldn't have thought he would be the guy to get the title shot just randomly and on I Rampage, you know? You combine this with his previous match against Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think Tony's liking him too. So maybe oh, yeah. he's help, maybe he's showing him like, hey, we're glad you picked us and you know didn't join your brother in NXT. So absolutely, we're, we're gonna show you some love here. Hundred percent. Because imagine that if if Drillistico and Dragon Lee go to NXT, that's an easy like top tag team in NXT. You know what I mean? So even if they don't want to tag together, or even if they want to use them individually, you could easily slap those two together initially as a tag team and boom. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, uh, this match started off so hot so fast because they did some jumpy and flippy stuff. But immediately, Vikingo tried to hit a tope and he just threw himself. He did this like two or three times this week, by the way, on different shows. But like he just threw himself out of the ring onto his back like an absolute maniac. Like, absolute maniac. Agreed. And uh <laughs> They, and actually, something I thought I thought they noticed on the commentary that I thought was interesting about this match—they took an approach I don't think anyone would necessarily call the style of the match. They were doing a lot more striking and sort of moves and stuff like that, which I think Vikingo is actually um, way better at than probably he gets credit for because he usually does the really exciting stuff, you know. But um, obviously, they did that stuff as well. But you know, I just didn't expect to see as much striking and as much heavy hitting and stuff like that because these guys obviously, you know, they can go there. But it was. Um, it was really cool, and I, I just wrote in my notes, Charlie, that Vikingo, Vikingo, how you pronounce it, is simply built differently. He just does not wrestle. And you said you, you always say he's not a human. I say he's a freak. Like I don't know what he is. He's not from this planet. The man doesn't even obey the laws of fucking physics. I'm starting to think rank eight for you know the top uh, 500 wrestlers last year might have been too low. Yeah, he might be top five, bro. That might have been a that might have been a fucking dong I mean, take. Now that we look shit. back I on it, I saw someone say that. I was like, you know what? Eight was too fucking low. This guy's an animal. He's absolutely like. I mean, I sent you my top five wrestlers just randomly, like off the top of my head last night. I think it was, and like, he was number four. I think. Yeah, like so. You know, like you know, every single time you flip the TV on and Vikingo's wrestling, you're in for a good time. If I put you between, like, if five is John Moxley and fucking three is Will Ospreay, that says a lot about how much I feel, how, how good I feel you are. You know what I mean? Like, um, anyway, um, the, that Canadian destroyer spot just fucking killed by uh, Derelistico, you know, uh, and uh, her, the Hurricane Rana off the ropes, just nut, nut spot after nut spot. 
Um, I really liked like, Vikingo's gear again, and then LFI attacking Vikingo after the bell. I really hope that we're getting that feud for the next few months. If we get that going to the double or nothing, bro, with Rouge versus uh, versus um, Vikingo for the AAA mega title <laughs> on double or nothing, my yeah. God, would that be something I want to see. And we got like a month-ish, a little more than a month to build it up, too. So that could be really fucking sick. Um but yeah, I mean, it could just be a TV title match, though. Although I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but it could, you know, either, either way. way um, we're we're both glad that they're entering a program, and it's not yes. just a one-off with Jaleese together. Yes, and that means we're getting so. Vikingo for like a probably like I mean, they don't do like less than a month feuds really in AW. Everything's kind of at least like a month or two long. You know what I mean, like so sometimes it's it's a year long, sometimes it's three years long. I mean, you yeah, never literally. Know what so this guy <laughs> could be around for a little while, which makes me really happy because uh, yeah. he's doing insane shit so that was what was really you know just like just give me your thoughts on this charlie because like i i think i went through just about everything couldn't, but, you know. couldn't agree more um right before i watched dynamite i watched uh ring of honor and there was another vikingo match that we'll talk about in a little bit here and i was like holy shit we are entering just just such a fucking fun little spot with this roster and bringing someone in like vikingo and having him do this match Dude, the crowd was popping their ass off. I mean, seriously, they were super into this. And this is... Jalistico, you know, you guys see it on social media. Sometimes he gets a little ragged on for, uh, you know, there, there's some spots he'll, he'll miss occasionally. And it just always happens to be in big matches and everyone always kind of picks on him for it. Orange I've Cassidy been... I, I've been... Any. I've called him Botchlistico for a while, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's a thing. People do it sometimes. And I saw genuine concern when people were like uh, against Orange Cassidy. They were like, oh, God, here we go. Let's hope we get the good Orange. Let's oh, you guys shouldn't have had no fear. OC doesn't let anybody fuck up with a match with him. If you fuck up in a match with OC, that's on you. And then now, flash forward a couple weeks later, here is the Kingo. And, dude, uh, this is one of my favorite Jalisco single matches ever. I I see him in a different light almost after this. Not only does he have one of the coolest No, actually that's exactly game. how I would put it, dude. Right? This puts I feel like this I feel like doing this stuff with Vikingo and putting him against these guys that you wouldn't necessarily think are the guys he's going to face like cuz in your head who are the, like the four guys he's going to face? Penta, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, maybe Drillistico, but definitely I would think Metalik would be the last one, right? Instead we get Drillistico. We get um I mean obviously the Kenny match was just that's that's one of them, but you knew that we were getting that match cuz it was announced. So. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you put him against these guys that aren't, like, the top, top guys, it elevates them. This is by far one of the better singles matches in his career. And, you know, it couldn't come at a better time for him. So, yeah, uh, hell of a Dynamite closer, honestly. That was that was such a fun main event, and it made Dynamite feel good. So, we'll get into more Dynamite uh, towards the end of the show here. But now... Uh, if you guys, this is your first time checking out, pretty much now what we do is we hop in the news, which we'll be talking about our all-in fantasy booking, uh, some Ring of Honor, and some other stuff. But meanwhile, we got some other news to take care of here. Okay, CM Punk, right? You know, you got, everyone's always he's he's on the top of everyone's tongue, and we pretty much predict there's going to be a news story about him every week until he returns. That's safe to predict. Uh, of course, there's another one here this week. CM Punk's AEW return is planned for the United Center in Chicago. He is planned to return Saturday, June 17th. So much so, um, we're seeing this, this everyone thinking, you know, Collision is starting up soon, maybe that date exactly. And I've even seen Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful saying, shit, maybe I need to start assembling a Saturday crew to cover this new AEW show. I think that lets us know this is, uh, 
This is picking up some steam, and it's picking up fast. Now, when it comes to that show, until the specifics are out there, we don't really have much. There's rumors of a split roster. There's rumors of other stuff. There's rumors of this. Some people think it's going to be a hard one-to-one direct split, which I I don't know how the fuck they're going to do that, but we'll have fun with that when we do our AEW draft collision versus Dynamite. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so pretty much Meltzer was saying, as things stand right now, CM Punk's scheduled to return at the June 17th show at the United Center, Saturday night. Rumor of the new name is Collision, based on a trademark. At the time, everything was not finalized, but the building is booked and likely will be announced very shortly when the Punk deal and the TV deal are finalized. Obviously, with that building deal in place, the TV deal has to be either be done or they must or must be almost certain of it. So, the decision on returning Punk was made many weeks ago, although there was a snag two weeks back that had evidently been worked out. And yeah, so, yeah. I guess my biggest question is like, AEW doesn't do that many pay-per-views. How are you going to fit matches from a split, like, roster? How are you going to fit enough matches from both of the split roster? Because there's going to be probably full stories for... Where the fuck does Rampage fit in? Well, no, Rampage will probably just still be a part of the same... I assume it'll be a part of the same... after Dynamite normally again? I think it'll probably just still be attached to Dynamite, you know what I mean? I don't think it'll be part of collision i don't think collision is going to get collision like impact or something like that i don't know what the equivalent would that would be like dynamite rampage i don't know but like you know like collision and whatever that whatever the, i don't think it's going to get like another show first of all there's not enough days in the week but also football you know what i mean so like and tony khan's running that out of days where football doesn't happen you know what i mean yeah. saturday so, night collision during college football season is going to be rough yeah he's not going to be able to focus much time on that smothered. at all he's gonna be scouting like crazy so, I guess we'll see as time comes on. Um, Tony Khan announced on social media the signing of Command. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe he just hires somebody else from that crew to run that show. I mean, it might make things easier because you're talking about if you're talking about a hard brand split, like people think it's gonna be, you're gonna need two separate crews. That's what WWE does, you know. Like, yeah, that's that's gonna be fucking wild if they do. So, Tony Khan pretty much called him one of the most incredible athletes in wrestling, and he praised his effort against the match against Jay White, and he announced that he is signed, he is all elite, he's officially on the roster page. Okay. So, William Regal, we uh, we covered extensively last year. He ended up leaving AEW, and he went on to get a new job with WWE, and he spent time and time, spent was the reason for my leaving, no agenda for everything else. I have lived through some serious times in 2018 and 19 and realized time is all I have. I've had a great time in AW and are thankful for the time I spent there with many of my close friends and the amazing crew. I just want to make that public so people stop misinterpreting it. It's sad that people in our job can't realize that you ha- you can be a decent human being without having an agenda or taking advantage. This is the last time I will mention this. Again, I would like to thank AEW for the gracious acceptance of me and for Tony to take me on board. I mean, it sounds like he enjoyed his run. He just, you know, he had he wanted to go back. He had some stuff to do. And as we reported, well, we didn't report then, but as we heard from reports then, you know, being with his son was a big deal. So, yeah. Um, now we got uh, Hangman Page and AEW are reportedly working toward a new contract. And it sounds like... Uh, Hangman to, AW, or sorry, to WWE confirmed. Yeah. 
AW is pretty much working towards signing Omega and the Bucks before their deals expire, and you can toss Hangman in the list. They're also trying to re-sign him. Get him on a big, fat deal, I'm sure. Bro, right? watch the whole elite just walks out. <laughs> no, no, no! Uh, Ray Phoenix is taking time off to heal from some injuries. He was last seen at Battle of the Belt 6. Meltzer said in the n- newsletter this week he was just banged up. No timetable for his return or specific ailments. Just, just mention that he's banged up. So... And, okay, save uh, some Ring of Honor for last, and then we're going to jump into uh, all-in fantasy booking. So here we go. Ring of Honor TV results. This was episode eight. The Kingdom. Matt Saban and Mike Bennett defeat Action Andretti and Darius Martin. I thought uh, I liked Action Andretti and Martin team, and, uh, yeah, uh, any thoughts you had from this one? Yeah, I literally uh, – I sent you in my notes. I, I So I watched Ring of Honor, like, literally right before we did the podcast, guys. I was still behind this week. Um, and uh, – I meant I sent you a text that was like I think the kingdom is the secret sauce of ROH right now, um, dude. I think I these are the guys it. that can get your roster over right here, and I think they might be your next Ring of Honor tag team champions, bro. Because yeah, they got I, something going that. right now. You can tell they are putting some effort in right now because they want to get used, and they have been. So I I'm all for that, and I I agree with what you said about uh Martin and Andretti, the team that makes sense for right now. But I don't know. I really like what the kingdom are doing right now. And, you know, something that I have a slight problem with with Ring of Honor is not a lot of people feel like core Ring of Honor guys or ladies or whatever. The Kingdom feel like core Ring of Honor. They feel Absolutely. like they're part of Ring of Honor. So, yeah. And, you know, Action Andretti, I still, you know, we'll get into that. But, yeah, I thought this was fine. And I thought it was a good match. And Taven and Bennett are putting in some good work. Um... In the back, Athena threatened all the, quote, porcelain hussies around the world to step up and answer her open challenge. Called herself the fucking Joshi Killer, bro. That's a hell of a name, the Joshi Killer. Willa Nightingale defeated Robin Renegade. Uh, Charlotte Renegade was out there, and, you know, this was perfectly fine. I thought, I've said for a while, I think Robin's pretty damn talented. Not to say her sister isn't. I just think Robin is clearly a little bit of a step ahead. And she's very, very good in the ring. And I thought this was a fun little match with Willow. So I had no problems with this. Uh, the Renegades laid out Nightingale with a heart attack and stood tall at the end of the segment. So I- I'm glad they're sticking around and I can get behind Willow having to defeat the twins, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I was thinking in my house, like, would, would I want a handicap match in AEW? But yeah, I think if it's, if it's her just beating the shit out of those two, yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Um. So... It sounds if I feel like Robin and, and Charlotte are probably and Willow too feels core core Ring of Honor right now. So Bro, and by the way, Rick Abani and Caprice just make Ring of Honor television so fun to watch. Like I guess it's not TV, but Ring of Honor, you know, uh, streaming, whatever you want to call Honor it. Honor Club. The Honor Club. They make it um really fun to watch with like singing during Willow's entrance and stuff. Like it's fun. Like they they make it a fun time. These I put out a tweet a literally. It's like it wouldn't be the same without those two. You know. Agreed. So Dasha's backstage with Cole Cabana. He's going to challenge Samoa Joe for the ROH TV title later. Cabana called this the triad, as he had previously challenged Joe for both world and pure titles in Ring of Honor. He didn't know what the future held for him, but he would capitalize on tonight's opportunity. Lance Archer's is Honor Club. Beat the shit out of Jossie. The commentary seemed pretty happy that Lance Archer was in Ring of Honor. They put him over big. Now, honestly, I, I thought this was a good addition. It makes sense. You need to, I, is he, like, the only real besides Brian Cage? Is he, like, what, in, like, in the um, embassy? Is he, like, really one? I mean, we don't have that many super big guys. You know what I mean? Like, No, and, so. and Archer's still getting 
success in Japan. So he's wrestling Dominion for Christ's sake. So yeah, he just wrestled in Japan this week and then wrestled in Ring of Honor. So he had a good week essentially. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Tony planned that. Brian Cage defeated Joey Jet. Quick uh, F five victory. ROH Women's World Title Proving Girl match. Athena defeated Heather Reckless. She beat the living shit out of her. After the belt, she drove Reckless's head into the title for good measure. Every single women's match on Ring of Honor so far has been one of the women I was like, Charlie, I mean, how many of these women would I like, bro, put her in Ring of Honor? Because I know you're not going to sign her to AEW, but put, put her in ROH. She can figure it out. Yeah. It's Heather, like Heather's four now. One. Like I'm, I'm, good one. I'm, I'm blowing my mind with this because I was just saying that shit, you know, not thinking it would mean anything, you know, later. Not that it meant anything then or now, but like, I just, it's so weird that I was like saying that about all these women and now they're in Ring of Honor, essentially. You know what I mean? I mean, not all of them have been signed, but. I mean, they've been looked at at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Dark Order defeated Cole Carter and Lee Johnson. Um, This, to me, felt AEW Dark, not Ring of Honor. I think it's the people involved. Neither of them feel like the Ring of Honor. Uh, Yeah, I think this is just uh, filling time. You? I like Cole and Lee as a tag team. I'm glad they're keeping them together. Yeah, agreed. Um, I... I don't know. I mean, it, it was fine. Like I said, I agree with you. Um, or not like I said. Like you said, I think it was very much a dark match. Um, yeah. And I just, I think I think maybe Silver and Reynolds just needed a little bit more time to uh, adjust to what the Ring of Honor is actually trying to be. Because I think in their head, it's just another hour of dark. Or another yeah, hour no, and a half this, of dark. And, and, yeah, but I it's not. the same thing with the next match. It felt like a dark match. And that's Pentel Zerumiero and Nick Camarado. This felt no different than what we've seen on dark with both of these in different matches or against each other. It doesn't matter. Uh, just the way it was presented and everything. So, yeah, less of this, more of Core Ring of Honor, which we'll talk about in a second after our next two matches, which felt pretty awesome. We had Takeshita taking on a defeating Lee Moriarty. This match was freaking awesome. Stand-up match between the both of them. Uh, Takeshita sold uh, Lee Moriarty's arm work just incredibly well. And, you know, when, when limb work pays off, it's such a fun st- thing, and as we've seen from Lee Moriarty, especially, like, we watched some Lee Moriarty and PWG together. You know, he he did the whole 20 minutes working on a fucking arm. So it's nice to see. <laughs> I like him. And he made it entertaining in the process, too. Yes, and he, Lee Moriarty adds something that we just don't see too often in modern wrestling right now. And I, I thought this match was fucking awesome. How about you? Agreed. It's a rematch from 2022 Prestige Wrestling. I'm sure they maybe had more than one match last year, but it's definitely one that I saw from there. And uh, just two great wrestlers having a great wrestling match. The good selling on the... Like, this show had just, like, a really, like, good flow to it. And also, like, there was so much good selling on this episode of ROH that I just... It's insane. And then that just devastating knee finish here that he's been hitting lately just absolutely destroyed Lee. But that's because Lee yes, sold the did. fuck out of it. I can get behind these two. And our main event, El Hijo Del Vikingo defeated Gringo Loco. Welcome, Gringo Loco, to Ring of Honor. And it's not our main event. You're, you are incorrect, sir. Oh, you know what? You're right. I, I forgot. It should have been the main event. Um, Vikingo. There were two matches awesome. after this. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he just has a certain energy, and the crowd was off their fucking rocker for it. And, seriously, go out of your way to see this match. And you will not be, you will not waste your time. And Gringo Loco will be back. So that's a cool sign to see. And yeah, any other thoughts you had on this is we had a, another Vikingo Mike Kingo match. is literally a fucking superhero, bro. He literally is. I'm in awe every time. Every time we watch him, I'm like, this is just fucking awesome. Just, 
flipping. Oh, by the way, this was a feud that they brought into Ring of Honor because it was an international wrestling feud. The Gringo Loco had already had some issues with him, so they just brought it to Ring of Honor. If they keep doing that with people that they bring in for one-offs or two-offs or three-offs or whatever, please, thank you. I'll absolutely take that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, there was a really nice spot that was like a full body press slam off the top that like Gringo Loco, no idea who this guy was before this match, and now I'm interested. You know what I mean? So that if that doesn't say anything, like I'm telling you, these guys, Vikingo, Commander, Jay White, various others, if you put the people in there with them that people don't necessarily know, guess what? Sometimes they get over. Yeah. Um, absolutely they do. So yeah, Speaking of not getting over. Yeah, no, we had the Iron Savages with James and Ryan defeating Logan Lynch and Ren Jones. I guess the guy that they're with looked pretty cool. I don't know. With the little gringo loco promo talking about how he zigzagged across the world trying to get Tony Khan's attention. Said after the match, Khan raised his hand, inviting him back to ROH anytime. And Loco may not have won the match, but earning his way in the Ring of Honor was just as big of a victory. And we found out that he is going to be wrestling Blake Christian on next week's Ring of Honor. So that's going to be fucking awesome. Absolutely. ROH World Title Match, Samoa Joe defeated Cole Cabana. This was Samoa Joe's ninth title defense. This was fairly quickly, and, you know, uh, Cabana dropped Joe with a big elbow before hitting the Flying Apple. A big splash from Cabana got a near fall. He went for a moonsault. Joe got the knees up, quickly locked in the Coquina Clutch for the victory, and wasn't that long of a match, but Samoa Joe was racking up title defenses. I got to be honest with you, bro. When there was like 10 minutes left on the show and an Iron Savages match started, I was disappointed that we didn't get like a 10-minute match with Cole Cabana could have worked, man. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely thought Gringo Loco and Vikingo was the main event when that started. And then I was like, yeah. oh, that's right, Cole Cabana. And then, then the other match started. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Knew that was going to be uh, quick work. So we found some last little bit of news that we had. We got some uh, Ring of Honor stuff. They will be returning to Universal for tapings Saturday, May 6th for four hours and Sunday, May 7th for three hours. So probably uh, four shows in total. And I'm glad they're returning to the tapings because I feel like the crowd engages more at the tapings for what they're trying to build. And the storylines become a little easier. Like we'll see Shibata there and everything. So yeah, I'm glad they're getting back to there. And that's it for the news. So. Before we go too off the walls, I think it's time for some all-in fantasy booking, huh? And we will start with... I, I didn't want to do this. Just do non-title matches and then kind of jump into random matches? Or just start from what we would think is our main events? Because we do not know each other's cards, everyone. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think we should, I mean, that's not what I was thinking in my head. We start with the non-titles. I mean, mine are going to be some of my bigger matches, to be fair, because of what I just put on my card, but, um, uh, we can do it ho however you want to do it. I don't really have a preference personally, but, um, let's, uh, let's do all non-title matches first and then we'll just go one by one. The order can be whatever. All right. Okay. So I'm going to kick us off with the sting retirement match. Darby I'll, Allen I'll start. I have that Sting. on my card as well, so I'll start with that too. Okay, perfect. Um, and then I had what? What do we got for a non-title match? I had an anarchy in the arena. Oh, match. the only difference between mine and yours, I made that a coffin match. Okay, okay. Um, I have an anarchy in the arena match, and that is the Blackpool Combat Club versus Bullet Club Gold. Damn. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anarchy and I mean, come on, that's selling some tickets. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, let's see, what else do I? Are you just going through your card all the way at once, or are we just go? Back no, no, and I'm forward? thinking we just go back to back. Okay. So non-title match is a tag match. Would that be easier? Huh? You know what? That might be easier. Let's just go through each other's cards first, and then bounce okay. back and forth. Yeah. Because that way we can keep it in a straight line. So Darby Allen versus Sting. What was your second one again? Oh yeah, the Bullet Club Gold. Bullet Anarchy Club Gold versus Blackpool Combat Club. So, and then another non-title match. Uh, you know, I just threw this together based on they're both from the UK. I got Soraya versus Tony Storm. I think they're just gonna they're gonna have a Soraya match. I don't know where it fits in, and I didn't have it for a title. And the last non-title match, Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> just just God because. Just because they can. <laughs> and then we got some AEW titles and a couple other titles. Um, I got the House of Black versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open for the AEW Trios titles. Jade Cargill versus Hikaru Shida for the TBS title. I do. <laughs> is Jade still holding this thing at all in? Yeah, probably. I probably, have no bro. idea. Probably. Like, they fucking probably. banned the Jaded, not to jump ahead in the show, but they banned the fucking Jaded for... So there's no shot she's winning, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So, um... Okay. AEW International Championship. This is a Texas death match. I got Christ. Hangman Adam Page versus Pac. Oh my god. <laughs> Shoutouts to the first ever episode of AEW, right? Yeah, right. The AEW Tag Team Championships. I got FTR versus the Young Bucks. We have, um, I have an AWTNT Championship ladder match. I have Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, Swerve, Jungle Boy, and Wardlow. Six man, ta- six man match. All, all the meat. Big meat, big, big meat. And you got to have Jamie Hader on the card, right? I got Jamie Hader versus Mercedes Monet for the AW Women's World Championship. I What's crazy play- is I think I might have the only other bigger jamie hater match that okay, you could have okay or maybe not bigger but on the like almost as big and then our last two matches i got the triple a mega championship el hijo del vikingo ray phoenix pentel zero miedo and sammy guevara in a four-way match christ and then the main event you are it's cm punk versus mjf aew world championship match and i told you at the beginning of the show i had a fun one here if they didn't want to do punk and they didn't want to do kenny omega I could totally buy into MJF versus Pac. So, okay, yeah, that could yeah. be interesting. Could be Pac's a, a good enough technical there. wrestler, and he can do some stuff that... They could do some stuff with that, for sure. But that was the way I got, I think, in my head, all 12 of those matches, I think, would be fucking awesome. And, yeah, so we got some cool titles on there. Originally, I had Kenny versus Okada for the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I, I'm starting to think they're not going to do it. You can do it for no title, and it doesn't. And that then you're not limited to who's going to win this thing. You know, so that being said, uh, what, what are your 12 matches? And then we'll do a recap at the end. This is going to be as nuts as my double or nothing card, if you remember. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. First match. We're starting with a tag match here. We're going to start with two back-to-back tag matches here. First tag match, Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Okada and Tanahashi. Fuck yes. All right. The next tag match, I think you're also going to equally like. I have Big Bill and Lee Moriarty taking on Jeff Cobb and Great Khan. I am so down with those guys getting booked. Absolutely, they they're great. They I think Grado gets like I think it's not it's, you know they're not Aussie Open, but they're still he a great. He is the champion part. of the British after all. That is I mean, true. He is the champion of the British. This is a fact. All right, 
Um, obviously, I already t- told everybody. I'll just jump to this one. Uh, Darby Allen versus Sting in a coffin match. I think that's just a fitting end to Sting's career. Not that it has to be like an actual burial, but I like the idea of them actually having a blood feud heading into this instead of them actually being friends and just like, being a send off. But that's probably not what they'll do. It's, but in my head, that's what I would do because that's what I want everything to be in wrestling is super dramatic and storyline. You know what I mean? So yes, and bloody. That's why we like the fucking Combat Club. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let me look at other non-titles that I have. They're only uh, I have a lot of title matches on here, so that's the reason why. Um. So all right, <laughs> I'm gonna book this on every fucking card until it happens, Charlie. Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um. Last non-title match on the show: Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. I mean, that's that's the money maker right there. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's the one. And since I already talked about the uh, one part of the elite, I also have FTR versus the Young Bucks for the tag titles. That match is happening. It's one thousand percent happening. It's too big not to. Even that, if even if we don't get either... Punk versus Omega or the Elite working with CMFTR, they can get through that. That match can happen because FTR. I don't think the Young Bucks hate them. You know what I mean? No. Hell so, no. you know, and, anyway. And that match that that headlines either all in or all out. That that can headline one of them. Oh, okay. I, I technically cheated, but I was talking about the elite, so it makes sense. So non another non-title match. Unless you want to say, no, fuck it, I'll just make this a title match, because we don't know that he's necessarily gonna lose it before then. I have a triple A mega title match. Will Ospreay, El Hio del Vikingo versus El, Will Ospreay versus El Hio del Vikingo versus Commander versus Metalik. My God. <laughs> Dude, I have a I have a championship on this show you're not gonna be expecting, Charlie. I got Wheeler Yuta versus the KOPW champion Shota Umino. Okay, I'm in. I have him beating Takage. Okay, and that's the realist. That could happen, by the way. You know what I mean? That's not unrealistic. Shooter could end up in that division. You know what I mean? So, um, and I could see Shooter making it the show because of his connections with Moxley and all that, and all that, and he'll probably be on uh, Forbidden Door as well. Um, all right, what else do I want to go to here? All right. You know I had to throw them on here. I got Aussie Open taking on the Kings of the Black Throne for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. That is a beauty one. So we so we have both had Pulse of Black and Aussie Open in in, a, in some type of way against each other. Uh yeah no yeah yes yeah, yeah I'm I I don't have um obviously you know I don't know um I I was trying to think of uh, whether I should do trios or just and I think I would just rather have a tag match. I mean the trios would be fun, but I think it would be a bigger match if the IWGP titles are on the line and. You could still have them be trios champion walking into that, but I mean, I imagine they'll probably lose it before then because the trios championship doesn't stay on anyone for too long, but who knows? Um, the AW International Championship. I mentioned him once before, Charlie. I got Orange Cassidy taking on Shingo Takage. Yeah, nah, that's selling some tickets. Mm-hmm. All right, what, do I, what else do I still have here to go through? Um, oh, yeah, we're down to like the last two matches. So the two main event matches, I guess, if you want to think about it like that way. All right, AEW Women's World Championship, Jamie Hayter versus Julia. Hey, she just lost her title, so anything's possible. Anything is possible. And also, I mean, that's what I was saying. So other money matches that Jamie Hayter could have besides Mercedes Monet, I was trying to think what it would be, and I think it would be Julia. I think Julia is the one that is, like, she's considered among the top five fucking wrestlers in the world for some people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe not top five, but at least top ten. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know. The point is, she makes the list, and not a lot of women do. You know what I mean? It, 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 compared she, to the other she men, she let Tom Nakano finish the story. You know, absolutely. Everyone's finishing the story, except for Brother Cody. Anyway, um, Cody. and in the main event head. of All In, I have Maxwell Jacob Freeman taking on Jack Perry for the AEW World Championship. That could be a spot where Jack wins it. 
straight up. That's kind of what I'm thinking in my head. Because if at this point he'll have held it for like what? I mean, probably two or three hundred days, right? Or at least a couple hundred, like. So, and I don't think everyone thinks in their head. I think when they when he first won the title that MJF is just going to hold this until he loses. I, I I think he said that because it was a great story to tell. But I don't think they actually think he's. I don't think anybody in the company thinks MJF is holding this title for like four years. I don't think it's happening. Like, <laughs> no fucking five. No, uh, yeah, no, it's not happening. Um, look, that's an awesome card. Um, so. Just to recap, I have CM Punk, MJF, AW World Championship, Kenny Omega, Okada, FTR Young Bucks, AW Tag Titles, Darby Allen Sting Retirement Match, Bullet Club Gold vs. Black Bull Combat Club, Anarchy in the Arena, Jamie Hayter vs. Mercedes Monet, AW Women's World Title Match, Bikingo, Phoenix, Penta, Sammy Guevara, AAA Mega Championship, Hobbs, Keith Lee, Ricky Stark, Swerve, Jack Perry, Wardlow, TNT Championship Ladder Match, Hangman Adam Page vs. Pack, AW International Championship, Texas Deathmatch. That's happening. Jade Cargill, Hikaru Shida, TBS title. Hustle Black vs. Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. And Soraya vs. Tony Storm. And just to recap, you have... I got... Uh, I'm just going to go down my list. I'm not going to go in any particular order. FTR vs. Young Bucks for the tag titles, for the AW tag titles. Kenny Omega vs. CM Punk. MJF vs. Jack Perry for the AW World title. The AW International Championship, Orange Cassidy vs. Shingo Takage. Aussie Open vs. Kings of the Black Throne for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Darby Allen vs. Sting in a coffin match. Big Bill and Lee Moriarty vs. Jeff Cobb and Great O'Connor of United Empire. Will Ospreay vs. El Hio Del Vikingo vs. Commander vs. Metalik for the AAA Mega Championship. Brian Danielson vs. Zack Sabre Jr. and possibly the greatest match of all time. Wheeler Yuta versus the KOPW champion. And basically, I would argue the equivalent of Wheeler in New Japan, fucking Shota Umino. Shot onto the scene last year, just out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, um, former Young Lion just became yep. a goat. Jericho and Guevara versus Okada and Tanahashi. By the way, you could set that match up in like the Super Juniors this year because Wheeler has been there once. So anyway, uh, Jericho versus Guevara. Uh, sorry, Jericho and Guevara versus Okada and Tanahashi. And then Jamie Hayter versus Julia for the AEW Women's World Championship. I love that we both have all of the four pillars booked on the show. It just shows their prevalence in where they are in the company right now. I mean, seriously. So, really cool to see. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know everyone, I know I, I love some fantasy booking myself. So, that being said. I like it when it's not completely bonkers. Exactly. Yeah, we're not, we didn't sit here and book The Rock against Goldberg, you know? So. <laughs> that would be insane. As a matter of fact, I think Ryback versus CM Punk. In a <laughs> no, <laughs> in an actual shoot fight, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that being said, we got some uh, results to get to, and you're gonna take the lead here. AW Dark Elevation episode one, 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 episode one, eleven. All right, sorry, I gotta pull my notes up because I was, I had my, I had a separate uh, notes for my, uh, for my uh, fantasy booking because there's, it's my, my notes would have been like ten million miles long, right? And <laughs> yeah, the opening match. Of Dark Elevation 1-1, one, one, but they were already stupid long with when I took, because I took full notes on Ring of Honor, even though we didn't go into super depth about it, but I still took full notes on it just in case we decided to, you know. Um, I had Maki Ito, Maki fucking Ito, back on AW Dark Elevation, uh, taking on Ashley Diembois. She was hitting that um, Kokeshi headbutt, or at least trying to, and uh, apparently her head's made of iron, according to, uh, I think it was uh, Paul White. Um, and uh, she did a step over leg kick into a pin combo. I think it was uh, Diembois did that. It was pretty solid. Uh, and then they did a low, and they, excuse me, excuse me, they did a, a roll through from that into a single leg crab. And then she locked in the Ito Deluxe, shut off her submission skills a little bit, which is not something I knew that necessarily Ito had in her arsenal. And it's good to see, because, you know, you like to see an extra dimension to, to your wrestlers that you like. 
Um, yeah, and we had Zach Clayton and some jobbers taking on the JAS and uh, Hager. Uh, yeah, Jake Hager. And, uh, you know, Matt Menard left the commentary table saying, Daddy has a match. Um, the match had kind of a snail pace to it, um, which is fine. Boys looked good here. Um, Zach Clayton continued to betray his teammates and uh, picked up the one with the double DDT move. Do you think this Zach Clayton thing is going to result in him being in the uh, JAS? Somehow? I mean, maybe. I mean, he's if it goes with what he's been doing currently, he's been betraying everybody. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we had Hardy Party taking on some jobbers. Um, we had a little bit of at the beginning of the match. Uh, they made the teamwork make the dream work. I've never, I haven't heard anybody say that in forever. Teamwork making the dream work. I feel like I haven't heard that since I was in like middle school. Anyway, um, <laughs> it a twist of fate and a swanton bomb for the dub. And in the main event of AW Dark Elevation 111, we had Emmy Sakura taking on Mizuki from DDT, who is actually tag partners with uh, Yuka Sakazaki, interestingly. Um, yeah. So Emmy's on a streak of wins lately. Um, I'm I'm guessing this girl, Mizuki, is probably really good. It's just hard to tell because they didn't get a lot of time in this match or on this show in general. Uh, Emmy and- chucked herself into the steps. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just they got some holy shit chance on Dark, which is interesting. Um, she won on like a roll up pin combo type thing. Like she reversed a, a pin, and uh, that's how she picked up the win, which uh, you know makes sense. She's a really experienced wrestler, so picking up wins like that that makes sense. Uh, and that takes us agreed, to Dark. Agreed. One ninety two. I was going to say I, I would love to see her brought back. Mizuki is oh, yeah. a very high rated wrestler from all everything that we've seen, and yeah, I she hit that little spin thing when she bounces off the ropes, and then it looks like you would just be like a like a crossbody. And she does like a full fucking like 360 spin. It looked incredible. Um, but yeah, this was her first match ever in AEW. And I bring, keep bringing more Joshi women in. It, 100%. I love it so much. And it it just, yeah, really fun stuff. And now with Hold that, on. I pass the buck to you there, brother. And somehow he's wrestling. This was AEW Dark episode. Uh, do you have it? I don't. Fuck. That's Dark right. 192. Perfect. Oh my god, eight from two hundred. Holy shit. Juice Robinson defeated Pat Buck. Pat Buck, brother, uh third brother of Matt and Nick Buck. The vice president of talent development. This is the first match he had televised. And yeah, this is this is yeah, this was what it was. Juice got a nice little win here. The Renegade. Lucy Juicy. Kia Dream and Brittany J. Um, pretty much Robin hit a really sick shotgun drop kick. And the sisters hit Dream with a running assisted clothesline to pick up the victory. Cole Carter, looking good as always, defeated Hunter James. This was quick work, and he won with the DD, the swinging DDT. Iron Savages with the Jameson Ryan, who's got the these guys got some sick tattoos on his forearms, especially. Defeated the Trustbusters. So, I, I like the idea that they just found a meathead at the gym, and that's their manager now. They cut like a very like I think I almost think like seventy style promo. Like, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of how Butcher and Blade do, like, the 80s kind of angry promos, you know what I mean? Like, just a little bit earlier, like you were saying. A little bit of Stan Hansen going on, you know? So Absolutely. We'll see We'll see where that Bro, goes. Bro, Stan on. Hansen, you, you won't find me not loving. Stan Hansen is an A, uh, sorry, uh, uh, an all-Japan fucking legend. Uh, he literally held the fucking Triple Crown Championship <laughs> at one point. That guy is a legend. I like seeing uh, Jeeves and Sonny get some get some work as a team because I still don't know what's happening with the Trust Busters, with the varsity athletes. Eh, who knows? Anyways, Boulder lifted up Bronson for an assist splash on it. Win the victory. Marina Shafir 
um, with her feet. Bro, I gotta. I'm sorry. I gotta interrupt. I gotta gush about Marina Shear for 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 a second, dude. She's been so fucking good lately. She has she been has. improving at a rapid pace. And you know what? I know I said it had to do with Moxley, but I imagine Moxley's not really. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's gonna sit there and teach you how to do things. He's just gonna you know give his opinion to you. He's not gonna impose upon you. But when he gets an idea spinning in his head. You know, like running with the shit with the feet. I don't know about throwing the socks into the crowd. That's a little sus, but whatever, you know. Someone's gonna catch it and like stick it in their pocket and use it later. So, uh huh. <laughs> hey, you know what? Good on him. Uh, moments later, Shafir submitted with a combination arm leg lock. George Ola and Rohit Raju picked up a tag victory over Errol Levy and Jarrett Diaz. Uh, pump, pump, kick, knee from Raju. Yeah, I like the Joel. combo. Get this team more, more reps, please. Yes, and I'm I'm cool. Are they going to be an AW team? Or Ring of Honor I'm team? I'm fine with either. They, they can be. I was initially line? in my head, I was thinking a Ring of Honor team, but if they want to use them in AW and Ring of Honor both, they got they've got a couple teams like that. I mean, that's what the factory did for a little while, you know. Yeah, and we're searching for new teams. Uh, well, the main event, uh, Christopher Daniels and and Helico. I was really hoping and Helico would get the win. I'm not gonna lie. It does feel like it's been a while, right? It didn't happen. Christopher Daniels picked up the win here. Um, he hit his angel's wings to move on. And then, excuse me, when I thought about it, I was like, yeah. Tony Khan likes him putting over on people on commentary so much, he hasn't put him over in matches. Yeah, and he, uh, he had the match on Rampage, so I was like, I guess that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, I think it's time we jump into Dynamite, huh? Hell yeah there, buddy. Dynamite opens up with a promo. The pillars of AEW There's something I want to acknowledge. Not Jungle Boy. Jack Perry. There's a distinction they have made, Charlie. Have you noticed this? They're not calling him Jungle Boy anymore. No, and even Darby said it during this promo. He's like, is it Jack? Okay, it's Jack. So it's like, okay. Jungle He's Boy even like, Jack yeah, Perry? okay, that makes sense. You've, you've evolved yeah. past the Jungle Boy part. That makes sense. Even Darby was like, wait a minute. Hey, I guess you're not Jungle Boy anymore. Hmm. Now, I do think there's room for a, a little bit of you know, criticism here. The crowd. Yeah, the 20 minute promos. I'm glad we're getting this uh, tournament thing because it means we're not getting those anymore, at least all the way up until right before. You know what I mean? Like they, The crowd was not feeling this segment until MJF's music hit. And MJF almost got the, he got the response where it was like, you could almost say it was the, oh my God, a star is here response, which is not what you want with these three out here talking. You want them to be getting reactions too. Basically, I think this might be the reason for the Pillars tournament. I think maybe Tony thought a little too far in advance with this story and that he thought maybe he could literally get away with booking it for like 12 weeks. I don't think that's how it worked. Yeah. And, you know, this Pillars tournament, it, it's. Yeah, fuck it. Let's just talk about it now, because I don't want to go beat for beat on the promo because the promo was there. They were calling each other out. Yeah, it's more straight with, shooting, you know. Yeah, it ended up with uh, pretty much MJF saying, go fuck yourself. You wrestling the night. And this was the first time I can ever remember where we set up a match on Dynamite in the opening segment and had the match later in the night. Yeah, you think they would do that. that more? Like they'd leave the main event or one of the close to the main events, you know, yeah, as a question mark? Yeah, usually if they do it, they set it up for Rampage. But they, they did it for the main event tonight, so that was new. That's, uh, you know, we've seen that for years uh, in WWE, so this is something new. Um, I'm thinking they're going to push back on the opening promos. It it. I, I think dynamite opening with a match is always better. Not that it has yeah, to always has be, to. but I think yeah. if it's a short promo, I can deal with it. But we need to get to a match quickly, otherwise you're going to lose or the people like that just want to see wrestling. Jumped in the parking lot with an ambulance like we had a couple weeks ago, but, but that's also yeah, good. Much, yeah, that was an intense opening. That was crazy. So, so Darby Allen ended up getting a buy, which he celebrated. 
and MJF or Sammy Guevara and Jack Perry wrestle in the main event. Which, by the way, we haven't talked about that match yet. The match was fucking awesome. We'll get into that. Oh yeah, we'll talk about it for sure. We probably won't spend that much time on it, but yeah, that was uh, I enjoyed that match as well, and I'm even more excited for the match next week because Charlie, it's the match I've been asking for for a while. Yeah, and so, um, well, someone's gonna die in that match next week, dude. I, I think so. So my guess with this Pillars tournament, um, what I'm thinking is happening is I still think we're getting the four-way. I do think at double or nothing, it will be a four-way match. Um, that has been what I've thought since the beginning. They could do a one-on-one. Sure. I don't think they're going to do a three-way. And I think with Sammy winning the way he did, you know, now we have Tony Khan will talk on Wednesday. You know, I, I think we're just kind of, we're pushing the story along with different beats to prove that it has to be a four-way more. Like right, I'll give you a prediction of what that so, Tony Khan talks. He's just going to come on for a few seconds and say, because of the actions of MJF and Sammy Guevara last week, I'm going to put a rule on this match that if, if MJF involves himself to help Sammy Guevara win it all, that it will be automatically a fatal four-way at the pay-per-view or a triple threat maybe. But that's why I think it's probably going to end up as a – it sucks, but it probably will end up as a triple threat because I feel like they just don't have the confidence in the pillar. I the think it's got to be a four-way. I would be. I would be. More he could say four way. That does just feel a little weird because it's just the two of them. Like if it was a triple threat, like if they had just said, "Oh, it's a triple threat," and the winner gets, and then he helped Sammy. You know what I mean? Like then that would feel like even though the triple threat technically there are no rules. See, that's why this becomes complicated to book. I think he might have landed on the best option, and it's just it still doesn't quite sit right. But I think it'll make sense. I think he just needs to come out and say that if if Sammy gets help at all, that he's going to get it'll automatically yeah. revert back to all four of them or something. Because I can't. It does. It feel like. Doesn't it feel like if we did all this build up with all four of them, and it ended up in a singles match or a triple threat or just exactly, it would which, feel like it, we missed. Like, what was the point? Yep. You know, like. Yeah. No. This is a little bit of two week. You know, this is just a, a way to get the guys wrestling each other on TV. Put a, put a little put some stakes behind the match. Doesn't hurt anyone. You know. So one of the things. Uh, so now we have the AEW Women's Champion Jamie Hader and Britt Baker defeating Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Thank the goodness they fucking won hey but wait doesn't brit win all the time doesn't she actually oh wait she's not even in the top 10 and wins in the company <laughs> they needed this win to start changing up this feud we'll get into it a little bit later but um overall would you would you think of the match that we had here with uh hater and baker against soho and Storm? i gotta be honest with you, i didn't think the ending of the show we got was gonna be the what we got when, when brit no. won the match <laughs> i thought oh we're in britsburg right now you know what i mean like um but like, yeah, great, great reaction for her. And uh, I actually thought Jamie had like a really great sequence of, of moves at the very beginning. Uh, there was a, something that was said on commentary that which is, um, I'm just going to say it exactly verbatim how it was said. They said, uh, giving a tongue lashing to Jamie Hayter. I'm just going to leave that at that. Hey. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, sus ass commentary from why is Excalibur's commentary constantly so horny anyway? Um, but yeah, no, uh, tag team combo moves you know dude the near falls in this match actually this was actually a great opening match i feel like i feel kind of bad that i actually didn't give this my favorite this week because like obviously i did like the vikingo match better but like i feel like this is one example we talk about this every now and then the women just get a good positioning on the card finally you know or they get a main event and they just kill it you know and yeah i just wish tony had more confidence in them man because they are this is a good women's division like it really is like yeah and, and yeah agreed so I thought they uh, took advantage of it. Soho kicked out of a curb snob, and Baker sank in the lockjaw and got the submission. Okay. Renee Paquette is backstage with Wardlow, who said he once had a horseman in his corner to help him out and give him advice. 
Tonight he reached out to another horseman to help even the playing field as QT Marshall is in Powerhouse Hobbs corner. In walks Arn Anderson. Tully Blanchard is a smart guy who's one of the best checkers players, but tonight they're playing chess. You know, I gotta say, I, I think having someone with Wardlow, it sounds like this is what he wanted to. From everything that we've heard from Dax, you know, Wardlow's one of those guys who really, really loves, you know, the legends of wrestlers. And having a horseman in his corner, it sounds like that was probably something he reached out and he's like, hey, you know, Arn's not on TV much since Cody. What if we put him in my corner? And now yeah, we, I honestly think it's not a bad thing because Wardlow can agreed. cut promos, but I like the idea of of having Arn there to cut um, backstage segments with him where they're talking to each other, and he's almost cutting a promo for him, but he's not. You know what I mean? Because Wardlow doesn't need it, but having a guy like that, Wardlow almost almost needs it, but he doesn't quite. He can cut just good enough of a promo, but I think having a guy like Arn with him is just gonna make him even better. You know what I mean? It's a pairing that can't hurt him. That that's how I feel. So, okay, the elite. They return. They're addressing the beef. By that, I mean the Blackpool Combat Club, and we got a lot of <laughs> we got a lot of storyline resolutions here. And stuff that is that pretty been, accurate. Addressing the beef, we've been seeing for for months now, leading up to this and getting some payoffs here. So, Omega started by saying the BBC. No, he didn't. But we're four of the most respected wrestlers. But then they made their his friends bleed, sent Don to the hospital, and tried to put them on the shelf. He called the BCC out quickly and said they needed to settle this right now. Daniel Seaman was on the big screen calling them amateurs. It was nothing but a ruse to get the elite distracted long enough for Moxley, Castanoli, and Yuta to attack from behind. A wild brawl ensued that Nick Jackson uh, clearing the barricade to attack Claudio. Matt Jackson hit a locomotion northern suplexes on Yuta. By the way, we're having that uh, torn... Uh, I'm wondering if it's not bicep. nearly as severe as they're making it out to be. But maybe no, no, maybe no, he's it, just a fucking it was legit. freak. Maybe he's I just think a he's healing out. at like an unbelievable level, and he looked good. Sometimes it happens, man. John Cena tore a peck and was back, so. Moxie locked in a rear naked choke on Omega, who in turn sent Moxie spilling front row into the lap of Britt Baker's family. Yuta cut off Matt's superkick by cracking him in the injured shoulder with the title belt. Claudio dropped Nick with a powerbomb. Yuta briefly locked on the cattle mutilation on Matt. Moxley hit a death rider on Omega. Danielson then comes out from the back. The BCC surrounding Omega. Don Callis ran out with the chair from the back. Saw the numbers were against him, so he dropped the chair and ran away. That coward son of a bitch! Danielson said Omega has the most potential out of all the elite, but if he doesn't want to reach that potential, then he needs to be gone. He pulls out the screwdriver. Callis returns! He came running out of the back with Kanosuke Takeshita, who sprinted to the ring to fight off the Blackpool Combat Club. Omega recovered. He and Takeshita ran, off of, ran everyone off with Callis standing tall. Raising the hands of both men, he had this sinister look like, ha ha ha, this is my plan. The Young Bucks joined in. Danielson was furious with Takeshita showing up. I mean, it's, it's, Takeshita's finally with them. Even though Omega looks sussed out, like, what are you trying to do here? I, this segment made me so happy. I'm so glad we're getting the Combat Club versus the Elite. This is going to be fucking awesome. I mean, the match we're getting next week, Kanosuke, we're finally getting the tag team of Kanosuke and, and Kenny, dude. That's going to be nuts. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I don't know. How, how are you feeling? Do you think there's any maybe, uh, you know, other words at play here for Don Callis? 
do you think maybe he's bringing in Takeshita to turn on these guys and join? Oh, the I mean, I think club? potentially. I think I think the elite don't need Don Callis. I don't think Takeshita does either. But him having a mouthpiece that maybe can speak a little bit better English while he's either a learning it or b just doesn't maybe he doesn't want to cut the promos for himself. I don't know what the deal is necessarily with Takeshita. But I just he's, think at least for a little bit that makes sense, and then maybe Takeshita eventually can turn on him and be like, "Yo, you're just running me into the ground." There's opportunity there. Um, so, I, I, you know, because it can keep that aura that we have with Kanosuke right now, where he doesn't really speak. You know what I mean, like all that much, and it kind of it puts this aura around him of you just you learn about him through his in ring ability. You know what I mean? So, um, and for what commentary tells you, so you know, I think I think it'd be a good move. But I, you know. I don't know. I, I uh, maybe he maybe he ends up being the number five for the combat club, and that's when you yeah you maybe know, yeah maybe he five. turns on them, joins them. He would fit so right in with those guys. So. Is Don Callis referred to Kenny and Kanosuke as the Golden Brothers? Very famously, Kenny has his tag partner, the Golden Lovers of Kota Ibushi. So are we getting the Golden Trio at all in? I I really think there's a chance. I mean, it, Kota's coming to AW. It's just when, right? That's the game we're playing. When I mean, I'm he, telling you, if you run this the Forbidden you? Door and you get and you yeah. do Kenny Omega versus Blackpool, Kenny Omega and Kan Kanosuke oh, versus so Blackpool happy. Combat so, Club at 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 the next at Forbidden Door or Double or Nothing, and you have uh you have, um you know you have him debut there, I mean you know what I mean like this that is would where be... you break this is when you do you could even have the interfeud of the Elite or the Hung Bucks versus the cold the Golden Trio absolutely I mean, you could you could have the young bucks be like bro why are you teaming up with all these japanese guys i know you guys you, know, you have history in japan but you're our guy you know what i mean like i could see that oh there's so much you could do there i, I oh god i, I love what adam cole re right reconciles now. with the bucks you got adam cole play oh man Flip jay white in the bullet club but you have bullet club gold that can mix in and all of this as well this we are due for something really fun and unfortunately that fun was ending quickly Wardlow defeated Powerhouse Hobbs to win the TNT title. What the fuck is going on over there? I, dude, I, mean, I, I hate, I called this so hard. I, I hate that I did, and I did it because I thought, oh, there's no way they'd actually do that. What the fuck? Like, I'm, I'm not even like me. being like the, oh my god, wrestling is not what I wanted it to be. I'm gonna say fucking swears and all. No, like I'm literally sitting here like trying to understand from a booking perspective why this makes sense. I, I genuinely don't know. You know what it feels like, Charlie? They've done this before. It feels like sometimes when we're like a couple of months or a month out from a pay-per-view, they'll switch a title because then you have a feud going into that pay-per-view now. But like this feud was already going on for like the last 97 years. Like we're, I'm done with it. Move on. Like, okay, I, Wardlow's the champion now. I, I hate it that he's champion now. I mean, I don't hate that he's champion because he still deserves to be TNT This champion, feud has obviously. been going on on and off since October. But... Powerhouse Hobbs, I felt like deserved a chance to run with this title, and like we got that taken away now. So, no, what you need to do now is you need to take, you just need to put him at the back of the line. And unfortunately, that probably means that QT and him are probably going to be off TV for a little while, or at least not with on TV with with Wardlow. Because if you if you draw this out even more, it's going to feel stupid, and I'm just going to start thinking, well, they're just going to put it back on Hobbs then, and they're just going to keep doing this until one of them is like a ten time champion. I yeah um. I, I genuinely can't believe this the happened. TNT championship. Mark my words. If they do another title switch at the pay-per-view, this TNT championship is the 24 seven championship of AEW. I mean, since July 6th, it hasn't even been a full year. It's changed hands once, twice, three times, four times, five times, now six times in 10 months. That's actually insane. It, the long by AEW standards and WWE, that might happen. 
But in AEW, you don't expect that to happen. I'm not saying every title run has to and, be and I don't have 30 a to a, like 100 days. It can be – we've had short title runs. There was like, – what was it, 27 days for the Young Bucks or something? And, and I don't have a problem with the Samoa Joe and Darby Allen thing. That – Darby Allen was a perfect transitional champion for when he won it. Right for Samoa Joe's title reign. Perfect example. He won it for literally like two weeks, and we didn't care because of the two weeks or three weeks, three weeks or whatever, four weeks he had it. He well, he defended the title every week, and it was a badass match. And Samoa Joe just won it back because he was a, yeah, it was a fucking awesome match. And then the Samoa Joe story ended, and I just I feel like they were putting Hobbs on a, in a good spot each week. the The title matches were were doing good. He, you, I mean, the, he, this was. You could arguably say he was doing his job that he could. This is one of your homegrown guys, and I know Wardlow is too. It's again, all I, I want to preface this: none of this is against Wardlow. I don't have a problem with Wardlow. I like the guy. Just I, I can't believe they did this to him, and now, now we're in a spot where I, what the fuck's next? I don't even care. I don't fucking care, and that's a problem. This is the first time. I've ever felt like that with, with this title. And I guess we got to fucking talk about his reign. It was awesome for 42 days, but I guess here we go. Three-time TBS champion or, or TNT champion. Do you think this all goes back to them trying to, to, to right the wrongs of the first reign? Cause they know they fucked up and they, they cooled them off and now they want to get back to that heat because I hate to tell you this. You're never getting back to that. Not anytime no, like soon. You, you missed the like fucking completely... you by, by, by having MJF overshadow the guy, which I know you couldn't have not had a big show without MJF at Revol- was it Revolution or whatever it was where that happened. Like, But at the same time, I mean, you're still, if you're tr- still trying to pick up the pieces for something that happened over a year ago now, I mean, I'm sorry. It's a, that, you know what I mean? Like, He beat Silas Young last week in a fucking championship title match in 43 seconds and loses it the next week. I know we haven't like talked about the match too much, but let's be honest. The best part about the match was Arn Anderson pulling out a fucking fake Glock and acting like he's shooting uh what's his face? QT. That was the best part of this match. That's the only thing. Yeah. QT jumping down. Like he was actually about to get shot. That was hilarious. And and if, if people are maybe like, well, maybe they'll just run it back. No, they're not. They've moved on. Christian cage came out. Luchasaurus came out. We're getting Luchasaurus and Wardlow. Again, yeah, he came I out mean, before Wardlow, or before, before Wardlow, before freaking Hobbs had even made it to the back. Like, now, like, I love Luchasaurus, but fuck, fucking seriously? Dude, I just... What now with Hobbs? I mean, you better have a fucking good explanation. No, because... I'm telling you right now, this TNT title, it's gonna be the big meat title. Wardlow's gonna face fucking... First, he's gonna face, um, he's gonna face Luchasaurus, then he's gonna face Nick Camarado, then he's gonna face, um... I'm gonna be honest, I think Luchasaurus is gonna win this thing. Then he's going to face the Butcher. Then he's going to face, um, I mean, either way, it's still a big man in there, so you can still do all these matches. I mean, just because he's a heel doesn't mean that would mean anything, you know what I mean? Then he's going to face uh, Lance Archer. Then he's going to face, you know what I mean? Like, that's just what they're going to do. That's what it seems like. It's just a big man title at this point. I just, uh. Throw know, Keith Lee shocked, in there. Fuck it. The least. So, let's do what we do. Let's talk about his title reign. St. Patrick's Day Slam. He defeated Ray Phoenix. Awesome match. Uh, the next week. On Rampage. So back-to-back Rampage main events. He defeats Penta. Penta. Very fun match. Those first two matches thought that this made me think that this Hobbs title reign was going to be hot. Because they actually let him have a couple of actually really good matches. You know, that weren't like short. Because he didn't like, develop a program yet. This was, just, this was just, you know, actual title defenses. Exhibition matches like AEW does. 
we didn't get a fucking program with this. The program was them stealing Wardlow's fucking passport and locking him out of the country. That was our program. And now we got, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on it. I got, I got no problem with anyone, but uh, yeah, uh, Silas Young. And then he technically defended the title against Wrecking Ball Ligurski at the new Spring Slam. Sounds like it's a promotion in uh, New York. So that's cool that they got that title on there. Probably got the uh, AOK to defend it. And yeah, so moving on from that, because just, just a baffling decision, baffling. And I, I just, I cannot believe, and I told you this um, after the match, that was the first time I've ever been like, yeah, fuck this, I'm going to bed. And just pick up the show the next day. I didn't actually end up doing that because we knew Jay White was coming up. And thank God I didn't because this this crap was sandwiched in, be- in between, in my opinion, some great stuff in the Elite segment and the Jay White match. Um, Okay. Renee Paquette tried to interview Sammy Guevara. MGF interrupted, calling him the Gene Simmons on meth with how much he sticks his tongue out. <laughs> MGF, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. What he said, MGF wanted to pay off Guevara to get in the main event at Double or Nothing with the Take the Fall. He refused. Handed over a blank check, turned his back, told Guevara to name his price. Paquette smirked as MGF is blown away by the price Guevara set. He agrees, shakes his hand. They are best friends now. How much do you uh, think Sammy asked for? I think he'd like put a middle finger or something. I don't even know. I genuinely, actually, that's a good question. I'm, I'm in my head for some reason. It was a million dollars. I don't know why. Yeah, I feel like he just he wrote like "fu" on it or something. Renee Paquette is backstage with FTR. She told them Mark Briscoe was being tended to by the medical staff after being attacked by the varsity athletes. FTR ran into the training room where Briscoe was with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh. Briscoe said he could fight, but the doctor said no. So Briscoe suggested Lethal and Jarrett and FDR do it for him. And, uh, yeah, they all shook hands, even though they weren't a fan of the idea. I was like, cool, get him in a little match. I am I, cool for a program with Lethal and Jarrett against FDR. That's, that's going to be a fun little program. Absolutely. It should be a fun one. Um, okay. Jesus. Chris Jericho and Adam Cole face-to-face. I... Where do we even start with this? Um, uh, I'll, I'll start at the end. Adam Cole watched his wife get beaten in her homecoming, retu- <laughs> homecoming return. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Beaten by Soraya. Um, I, the Outcast and Jericho Appreciation Society, are they teaming? I thought it was stroking out for a second. Um, you good? <laughs> I think so. I, got, I said that and got a little lightheaded. Holy hell. Shit. We're here. Look, 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 look what you did to me. Look what you did to me with the powerhouse Hobbs thing. <laughs> I'm stroking. Literally out melted this man's brain. But yeah, um, I, I, I don't even know. What did you think of this? I, I mean, it was definitely dramatic. It. Like it was very dramatic. Um, it might've been like, maybe this should have been a few weeks down the road, but then like you needed to have it in a situation where the crowd was going to be fully behind Brit. So they would have a strong reaction to it. So maybe they just didn't have the timing that they wanted on the, you know, like, when he books these shows out mega in advance, he can kind of plan stuff. But, like, he doesn't know what's going to happen with injuries. He probably didn't know Adam Cole was going to be back at this point. So even if this story was in his head, you know what I mean? Like, he probably didn't know he could do this on this show. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, Tony it Khan. definitely adds another element to the Adam Cole and Chris Jericho thing. Oh, absolutely. Because now he's gone after not just him, but he's gone after his – he's literally after his wife, who it seemed like based on the uh, little blurb we got on Rampage, 
um based on that which i'm sure we'll like briefly touch on um that she's gonna be out maybe for a little bit like as to sell the injury you know like so um which i think is good because there hasn't really been a lot of impact between the outcasts and Britt baker and jamie hater like there was some i think some weeks where people were off because of the, the attacks or whatever but it feels like now and it does feel like i'll be honest with you I, do you feel the same way it feels like this is a time when you bring two storylines together like this where it actually feels like it makes sense it does make sense I don't know if I love the pairing. In fact, I don't even think I like it right now. It can grow on me, but it makes sense. So we'll we'll see where it goes. I don't I think the outcast of... will be a part of the JAS or anything like that. I think it's just like a temporary up until this next yeah. pay-per-view thing. Agreed. So we'll see how that goes. You put it best. Very dramatic. And uh, I guess it, it elevated both feuds, which they both needed it, right? Like, so... would you have, would they have done a segment like that in WWE? Like, I don't think so. Oh, I no, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they touch it. Maybe. Who knows? I'll Probably. say this: when they raised that kendo stick, I actually thought they were gonna fake it out and not actually do it, and then they did it. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, "That's insane! They're doing this in Britt's hometown. That's crazy. That's awesome." We don't see that too often. No. The Hardys, Isaiah Cassidy, and Hook cut a brief video about how Stokely and the firm should keep their phones on to find out when their match at the Hardy Compound will take place. Jeff said it'll address the AEW fans for the first time since his return on Rampage this week. The Acclaim and Billy Gunn defeat Matt Menard, Angela Parker, and Jake Hager. Uh, cool down match. Was ma- this was a match, and it happened. Yeah, Sammy Guevara defeated Jungle Boy Jack Perry by countout. Might be thinking, what the fuck? Yeah, it actually made sense. This was an action packed main event this match was awesome straight up we had some really good wrestling this week and most weeks this probably would be one of our favorites it just didn't make the cut this one because we had some other great stuff and yeah um this is a 10 or 12 minute tv main event with a commercial and they brought the fucking house sammy guevara was busting out some of his new moves i can't think of the fucking name of it right now because implant ddt there you go for some reason i didn't write it down and uh I guess it's someone's uh, move in Japan, and it sounds like he's using it now, so it looked really good. He, he did it well. Jack sold his ass off, and the way that this uh, match kind of ends with the count out here, um, long story short, Sammy Guevara got a rope break. Perry hung him up in the ropes. Guevara got free, charged, drop kicked Perry off the ropes. He went flying into the ring attendant table face first. It looked fucking visually badass. He might have actually hit his head. Um, he was about to beat the count. Sammy takes the ref. MJF appears. Lays out Jack with the diamond ring. Referee Bryce just started his count up at a nine. And they counted Perry out. So, we don't get many count outs in AEW. So this was definitely no. shocking. Yeah. I couldn't even think of one if we did. Right now, I, I genuinely can't think of the last time. So... MJF and Sammy go around celebrating like buffoons. This would be a fun little pairing if we knew it wasn't going to end in like a week. But uh, yeah, what'd you think of that? And uh, what'd you think of the match? I mean, holy Great. crap. Just high risk offense, flippy shit, hard hitting, basically everything you like about both of these guys, you know, um, that didn't plant DDT like you mentioned. There was a crazy Canadian destroyer at one point that Jack hit. Yes. The poison. And they, so they did a trade of back and forth of a poison and reverse hurricane Rana's. Um, still don't know the difference. Someone please explain it to me on commentary. Um, and then 
like you said, when Jack got launched into that table, man, he got messed up. I don't know if he's actually hurt, but probably not, but because he's he's pretty professional. But like, god damn, he sold that well. Like, um, and yeah, like you said, countouts not common in AEW, but I think this was an appropriate one, especially given the um the story they're trying to tell. Yeah, so Jack got cheated out to lose, and I'm sure that's gonna play into the fact of how they get this back to a four way at the paper. John Moxley, we open up Rampage with John Moxley defeating Christopher Daniels. Um, it's cool, cool get a match between these guys. Pretty much just your run of the mill Moxley beat the crap out of him and uh, got a nice win here, picking up a win over a, a veteran with you know multiple accolades. So it never hurts to keep Moxley on top and opening up your show with him, right? So absolutely, dude. Mox has just been on like run after legendary run since like mid mid twenty twenty two, dude. It's been crazy. Like he's just been on one of those runs. Agreed. That being said, after the match, Moxley shook hands with Daniels. Lexi Nair tried to interview Jade Cargill. Mark Sterling did all the talking for Jade. Sterling announced that Taya Valkyrie would be barred from using her version of the Jade in her TBS Championship match with Cargill on Wednesday. Hook, the Hardy Boys, and Isaiah Cassidy came to the ring for a chat. Jeff took the mic, got a huge ovation from the crowd on a welcome back chant. Hardy announced his retirement from So he, this got a nice reaction from the crowd. In the sense of everyone, you know, we want Jeff Hardy to retire on a high note. Uh-huh. And 100%. I thought it worked out. Um, Matt took the mic. Stokely interrupted. He said he wanted details on the firm deletion match. Matt was not giving that out. This distraction allowed the firm to attack. Cassidy took a fucking nasty ego's edge from Ethan Page. Uh, he did a fantastic bump on this move. The Hardys finally ran the firm off with steel chairs. I think this is a fun program with a lot of guys that I like in it. So... Yeah, it doesn't hurt anyone, and uh, the Hardy Boys are back. This was, this was kind of a feel good promo. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe we can get that run we were talking about at the beginning when the before Jeff, you know, um, got uh locked or not locked up, I guess, but before he got you know arrested or whatever, um, that we were thinking they were gonna go on. Maybe they'll win the tag titles. I think that might be kind of out the window now because of Jeff. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe they will. Who knows? I mean. I, I would imagine even if with the old Hardys, a match between FDR and the Hardys probably still bang, you know? Oh, yeah. I think we should get that match because I, I, this FDR title reign is going to be legendary. It has to be. So we got to get those. We got to beat legends during it. Julia Hart took on and defeated Kira Hogan in three minutes. She whooped her ass. She whooped her ass and then Anna Jay whooped her ass. A heart beat a Hogan. Um, heart locked in her heartless submission. And Hogan tapped out. <laughs> Anna Jay ran in, like you said, brawled with heart in the ring. And the gaggle of officials came to break up the fight. I'm cool with this. I got no problems. I, Julie Hart back-to-back wins on a rampage, right? So. Anna, Anna. <laughs> Lexi Nair tried to interview Christopher Daniels. The combat club interrupted. Moxley at first kept Claudio and Wheeler Yuta from attacking, but then... Eh, fuck it. Moxley attacked Daniels himself, throwing him into the locker room after Daniels said that Moxley still had some honor. Yeah, Moxley's like, what, are you calling me a pussy? Who, do, who the fuck do you think I am? Who the hell you think you're talking to? Um, so, that being said, FTR, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, take on and defeat Tony Nese, Ari Davari, Josh Woods, and Slim Jay. You take the lead on this one. Uh, what'd you think of this? Um, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, you know, like, um, the... The trust busters, um, they 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 were there. They were part of this match. Obviously, I didn't really pay much much attention to them. I was more paying attention to the story being told. 
this isn't exactly what I'd have FDR be doing right now, but I'm at least glad that they're being doing something on the show. I do like the ending here, though, with uh, with a little bit of miscommunication between Jeff Jarrett and I think it was Dax, and then Dax being a little distracted by him, and then, you know, the they're still not, I don't have to finish security yet, and then Jeff Jarrett hits the stroke, and then it's like, pin him! Or cover him, or whatever he says. And then Dax is a little bit like, uh, okay. And then he covers him, and he gets the win. Yeah, I loved that, nice that ending. That was good. Jeff Jarrett knows good. how to make an ending. I agree. So, yeah, fun little ending there. And, yeah, pretty much they continue to argue until Mark Bristol came from the back try and make some peace. We get a highlight of Orange Cassidy's many defenses of the AW International and All-Atlantic Championship. His 20th defense of the championship will come against Bandito next Wednesday on Dynamite. And you know what, Charlie? I think it's time Bandito wins some gold in AEW. And no! I'm cool with it. Cassidy's had a hell of a run, but I'd be okay, and I'd be very happy if uh, Bandito won this. And then we had our main event, which we already covered. So that'll be it for that. Um, Let's do a little preview for next week, shall we? Adam Cole offer dynamite on Wednesday in Sunrise, Florida. Adam Cole, Cole is a promo. Wardlow's got a promo. Tony Khan appearance. Dax Harwood versus Jeff Jarrett. Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita versus The Butcher and The Blade. Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allens in the Four Pillars Tournament Final. That's not the end of it, though. Two championship matches. AW International Championship on the line. Orange Cassidy defends against Bandito. TBS Championship on the line. Jade Cargo defends against Taya Valkyrie. So, just some big time matches next week, which you always like to be going into the next week. Um, excited for you know. Yeah, got a good card. I'm very excited to see Kenny Omega and Kanosuke. See what see what's happening with that. And then for Rampage so far, we just know that Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes are going to be teaming up. So, I'm kind of glad they didn't drop that team. I like that. It, maybe that's what like if that's what they want uh, Dustin's last run to be to be a tag run. I'm down with that because I'm sure Dustin is an experienced enough wrestler and we know how good Keith Lee is. So I'm actually down with that team. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun combo. So that'll be it for us, everyone. Um, thanks for hanging around and hope you enjoy the all in fantasy booking. Like we were saying, uh, coming up, we're going to do the, uh, AEW draft all it'll be a dynamite versus collision. So that'll be a fun little segment. We'll probably do that in a little, uh, ESE mini on its own. For everyone to uh, check out. So, sorry, Wardlow. It wasn't against you. My- <laughs> yeah, no, we have no problem with Wardlow being TNT problem. champion. We have problem with Wardlow winning the TNT championship like less than 30 days or whatever, less than 40 days, whatever it was after Hobbs won it. Like, Hobbs, I felt like this Hobbs title run felt like it was teeing up to not necessarily be long, but especially, to be awesome. Yeah, especially after last week when he beat Silas like that. That's set a precedent. But, yeah, um, hopefully next week we expand more upon that. And if if Hobbs isn't on either Rampage or Dynamite, I'm going to be a little sad. Hey, man, you never know. They could go back to that sort of like brief idea I had of like he could turn Wardlow into the thing that he was talking about in all those Book of Hobbs promos. If that's what he turns him into the villain of that story, then I could see that working. But I mean, I still don't think I'm going to agree with the decision to have him lose the title on TV like this. 100% agreed. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Again, uh, Eat Sleep Elite's our Twitter. If you want to check that out. Trying to build a little community. We'll catch you guys next week for a brand new episode. Peace.